Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. It's the third Sunday of Advent. I'm so glad you're here to share it with us this morning. This Advent, we've been looking at the rules of Jesus. He came, first of all, we looked at it, he came as a prophet to deliver God's message. And the message he declared who God is and who God wants to be for us. And as a prophet, he declared what the future would be, that he's coming back again. And he's going to receive those who love him to himself. Last week, we looked at Jesus the priest. And we need a priest because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus, in his role as a priest, brings God to us and us to God. And he walked... We looked at him walking through our lives and bringing the power to God to bear on the messiness in our lives so that we can uh, know the goodness and righteousness of God. Next week, we're going to look at Jesus the Son. And that'll be on Sunday morning. We're going to have a normal service here at 10 a.m., even though it is Christmas Eve day, and then we'll have a Christmas Eve service at 6 p.m. that night. But today... Today we're going to look at another role of Jesus, Jesus the King. We live in a world that wants the kingdom of God with its justice, uh, with peace and love. We live in a world that wants goodness and hope. We live in a world that wants the kingdom of God, but we live in a world that doesn't want the king. We don't want a ruler over us. We, we want to be our own boss. But heaven is what it is because the rule of, uh, and reign of God is acknowledged and followed. The life we want is found when Jesus reigns in us. That is why we have the Christmas story that, that was read in Matthew chapter 2. When Jesus came, he came as a king. Matthew's depiction of the birth of Christ is one of the great stories of history. We have crashes depicting the story. We have movies like The Little Drummer Boy uh, made around the story. We sing Christmas carols about the story. It is a great and a grand story. But sometimes the whole point of the story gets lost. The Magi came searching for a king. And they found Jesus. Jesus was the king they sought. Jesus is a lot of things. He is a prophet. He is a priest. He is the Messiah. But when he is introduced by Matthew, he is introduced as a king. The Magi came with one question. Verse 2. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Magi, they were the philosophers, the astronomers, the astrologers who, who often advised kings and the ruling classes of government on issues of state. It is believed that, that these wise, wise men came from Persia. They were sky watchers, and, and they'd seen a new star and believed that, well, it meant that a king was born. Not just any king, because not just any king got a star. There was something special about this king. When they came to Jerusalem, 
they approached Herod, the king of Israel, to ask where the new king was. After all, new kings are usually born to old kings. Kings, especially kings heralded by a star, would be born in a palace, or so one would think. So they came searching for a king. But as you know, Jesus was not found in a palace. Jesus was born in a stable. A stable is a far cry from a palace. I grew up on a farm and I spent my formative years cleaning up after animals. Stables are not rose gardens. They smell. They're not holiday inns. They're damp and they're noisy. And they're exactly, not exactly what you'd think of when you think where a king would show up. But this was no ordinary king. He is Christ the Lord. He is the one who said before Abraham was, I am. He came from heaven to earth and, and could have chosen anywhere to be born. And yet this king chose to be born in a stable. And I have my suspicions why. One of the great Christmas carols we sing at the beginning of Advent is, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. One of the verses goes like this. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us. Our Lord Emmanuel. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. That's exactly what Christ wants to do. He wants to be born in us. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. When Jesus lives in you, it makes a difference. But as noted last week, when we ask Christ into our hearts, many times they smell no better than a stable. They really are messy and sometimes dark and gloomy. And yet what we find is that he's okay with that because he was born in a stable. He can handle our, the state of your heart. He can deal with your mess because he is no ordinary king. Well, by the time the, the wise men get to Jesus, he had moved from a stable to a house. What we know is that the place where the Magi found him was no palace, but it became a sanctuary. For there, in that humble abode, the wise men bowed and they worshipped. Jesus has a way of taking our hearts and turning them into sanctuaries as well. What the story tells us is that he is no ordinary king. Just look at his biography. An unknown author penned the words to a poem called One Solitary Life, and it goes like this. There once was a baby who was born to a poor family. His father was a carpenter and never made a lot of money. His mother stayed at home and raised her children. Just before his birth, his, his parents had to move to a new town and start all over again. They knew no one there and didn't even have a place to stay. He was born in a stable because his parents had nowhere else to go. 
before he was two years old, his family had to flee the country because the government believed that he was a threat to national security. After the old regime fell, his, his family finally moved, uh, was able to return to their home. Their home in a small, out-of-the-way, obscure village. And he lived there for about 25 years. In all his life, he never wrote a book, held a public office, or attended a college. He only helped his father in his work as a carpenter. At the age of 30, he decided it was time to begin his own work, and he, began, he became an itinerant preacher. He traveled around the countryside on foot. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place of his home. He preached and performed many miracles and had many, many followers. His teachings had a lot of emphasis on love and forgiveness. He loved people for who they were, not for what they could do for him, or how well they treated him, or how wealthy they were, or how much they tried to find favor with him. He knew and understood all the motivations of their heart, and he still loved them, and always told them the total truth about everything. After three years as a preacher, public opinion turned against him. His close friends deserted him, leaving him to suffer the mockery of a trial at the hands of, of his enemies. He was sentenced to death and was nailed to a cross between two thieves. As he was suffering and dying, his executioners gambled for his robe, the only possession he had on earth. Twenty centuries have passed since his death. And today, he is still the central figure of human history and the leader of a column of progress. See, time is measured from his birth. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever set, set sail, all the kings that have ever reigned, and all of the governments that have ever ruled have not influenced the life of man upon this earth nearly as, one, as much as this one solitary life. This is no ordinary king. But Jesus was no ordinary man. The Magi didn't seek after just an ordinary prince. He was and he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He broke with the mold of what kings are supposed to be. He wasn't big on pomp and circumstance. He wasn't induced by the trappings of his surroundings. He came with a blend of authority and humility. The same attitude of authority and humility permeates and stands towards us today. He comes for to you with his trademark simplicity. And as you invite him into your heart, he goes about things in an understated way. Sometimes, when you take a look at what he's up to, you wonder if he knows what he's doing. But let me tell you about this Jesus. He knows how to make an impact. He knows how to change the world. He changed the course of history because people followed him. Medicine, the arts, academia, and technology grew. He challenged the world he knows how to change history. He knows how to change 
your life. So this morning, I wonder what it would mean for us to fully welcome this king into our lives. We sing the carol, O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. But what does that mean for the king to come and live with us? Not just in the foyer or parlors of our lives, but to enter into the deep recesses of our hearts. As you can see, you don't have to get dressed up for this king. He can handle the humblest of circumstances. But that being said, he does demand homage. The scriptures speak of him. The chief priests and teachers of the law studied him. The angels announced him. The magi brought him expensive gifts and worshipped him. You don't have to get dressed up for him, but you dare not ignore him. For our calendars are marked by him. Our Western civilization has been formed by him. The angels of heaven worshipped him. You may become friends with this king, but you dare not ignore him. The winds and the waves obey his voice. Evil flees at his coming. Demons can't resist him. The grave could not hold him. Death could not corrupt him. And he takes you just as you are. But we dare not take him for granted. Jesus the King comes. Not with the power of the armies of heaven, ready to decimate us if we step out of line. Although he could come that way. Jesus the King does not come with the authority of his word that must be obeyed or face immediate consequences, although he could come that way. Jesus, the king, doesn't demand anything, but Jesus, the king, asks for everything. He asks for our lives. He asks for our obedience. He asks for our loyalty. He asks for our submission to his reign. But he doesn't come and overwhelm us by his power. He comes and he overwhelms us by his love. He comes to us and offers us friendship. He comes to us and offers adoption into the family of God. See, this king is not about the power of coercion. He is about the power of love. He's not about demanding our submission. It is about choosing to come under his authority for him, and therefore for us, it's all about relationship. And right now, right now, he gives you the right to ignore his kingship. You can choose not to come under his reign. But in choosing that, you are choosing not to be in relationship with him. And you should know that friendship with the king matters. You know that in business, or when you're looking for a job, or looking to get something done, it's often not what you know, but who you know. It's the same with God. Being in relationship with his son matters. It opens the doors of the kingdom of God to you. See, relationship matters. See, he wants you to put yourself under his authority willingly. He wants to walk with you intimately. He wants you to love him freely, and he wants you to know him well. Where are you at in your relationship with Christ? See, 
relationship matters. He has all authority as the king of kings, but he comes to you as a friend. Do you nurture the relationship or do you take it for granted? I want to read from God's word a little bit more about who Jesus is. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, he, he made, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, catch this, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is coming a time when the authority of Jesus will be seen. Whether or not people recognize it now, there is coming a time when every, everyone will declare that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and they will bow and worship. There's no choice in this. Jesus will come back again. He will come back in power. The power fit his position. Not everyone will have a relationship with him, but everyone will have no choice to honor him. But that's in the future. This is now. Jesus comes to you as the king of kings, and he comes to you as a friend. This king is no stranger to messes. He was born in a stable. But this king is used to influence, not the kind of influence that's backed up by an army. It's the kind, he is the kind of king that knows the power of love and takes you right where you are, but wants you to move you towards a life everlasting that's good. He asks you, will you give your life to me? Will you allow me to be the authority in your life? Will you, if you will, you'll find me to be a king that knows how to guide you into what is good, what is right, what is just, what is pure. If you'll allow me, I'll guide you into a life that flourishes. Will you give this king the right to rule over your time, your money, what you watch, what you read, what you do, where you go? Will you allow him to speak into the core of your heart and speak into the core of your soul? Will you bow before him as king? Will you allow him to rule you? This is who he is. King of kings, Lord of lords. Is he your king? Let's pray. Lord, on this day, we remember you revealed yourself as a prophet and you spoke the good news of the gospel. That a relationship with you is possible. We remember, Jesus, you came as a priest 
And as such, you dealt with their sin. And now you come to us as a king. You say, follow me. Lord, you do that because you love us. Our best life is lived under your authority. So, Lord, this morning, for all who are here, I'm asking, Lord, that we would all submit to your reign and rule and see your kingdom flourish in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.